to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. We're back. Welcome everybody. We're back with an extremely depressing episode where we're really mad and kind of upset. Well, at least I am. I don't know about Randy, my co-host. It's not depressing for me, I mean. Well, you're at least a little bit upset, surely. I feel like I feel like the entire college football world lost this weekend, except for me. You think so? I mean, a lot of people I think had a good time. To be fair, the haters, to be fair, the it was it was saved by some of the uh, some of the upsets we had. Speaking of which, I believe we do need to give a moment of silence. We do, we do. All right, that was a quick moment of silence for the dead seasons of Texas A and M, Notre Dame, Florida. Nebraska and Scott Frost. Of Houston, I'm going to include Houston in this because as a group of five, they just lost to Texas Tech and they don't really have much hope Rest of a real decent peace. postseason after losing to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia, who just lost to Kansas and are now 0-2. And Neil Brown's tenure is probably done too. Um, but on a more positive Wisconsin note... Wisconsin wasn't in that um, moment of silence. Yeah, you, okay, Wisconsin's not in that because you can still win the Big Ten and go to the Rose Bowl. Because Wisconsin has a stat where they, what, you get like 400 yards a game but still lose. I mean, if you can put together, finish these drives, you're fine. It's not like you actually play bad. It's that you can't yeah. finish drives. It's bad coaching. Bad I coaching. I mean, I it's, it's not like you have fundamental issues with the team that can't right. be fixed. Anyway... Right. <laughs> We're gonna give some credits where some credit where it's due. Yes. One thing I really liked to start off was I really liked Pat McAfee on College Game Day. I thought he was really? actually a great addition, and he'll bring that like energy to it that the show, the show needs just an injection of energy. I'm not saying it needs like young new media personality, just literally anybody that's gonna bring like energy. Because Corso, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna give, I'm not gonna say anything that hasn't been said about Corso. I'm not gonna disrespect yeah. them or anything. But like, he's just he can't have the same energy that he used to have that really right. made the show come together right. and what they really need to replace more than anything is that high energy excitement mm-hmm. you know really going for it and i love the pat mcafee show by the way i, mean, I like pat McAfee, also but i saw a lot of haters dude i saw a lot of haters on on cfb on reddit on twitter really on i'm surprised yeah. i think it's a lot of old people who like don't quite get his shtick because he, he is kind of a, a character you know what I mean? He's like a here's what here's how I would describe him. He's like a self aware douchebag. Yeah, he's very self aware because I think he's a nice guy. That's the <laughs> he's a nice guy. No, he's yeah. really cool. I loved his drip though. He had the gold chain on and That's, he had the blazer with the, the black t shirt. Yeah. yeah. But like, that's no, Pat for you. He's a sincere guy, and that's kind of the difference between him and like a bar stool, like actual douchebag type character. That's what I'm saying. I don't like bar no. stool because they're not at all self aware about yeah. it. They're just yeah. they think they're hot stuff. Well, Pat's at least like yeah. He'll acknowledge his flaws and acknowledge like his sure. his insecurities and everything. But anyway, I also wanted to give some credit to the Kansas Jayhawks, who yes. are now sitting two and zero, top of the Big Twelve, have a decent looking offense. I just I'm so happy for them. Lance Leopold, former Wisconsin yes. Whitewater Dynasty yes. head coach. We were hyping him up last season, dude. I remember us talking about Lance Leopold, and I, I, I there's no way I'm going to find a clip of it, but I, I do believe we hyped <laughs> them up as being at least kind of not terrible. All I'm gonna say, All I'm gonna say. So shouts out to shouts out to the Jayhawks for sure. We also had some absolute chaos break out this weekend. <laughs> a bit. I will say I'm so glad we narrowly avoided that, and we're gonna talk about that game a little bit later. But we did narrowly avoid that, and I'm so happy. But Texas A&M, yeah. rest in peace. Rest in peace. Notre Dame lost to Marshall. So- Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I wasn't able to actually watch any of these games because I was on my way to the Wisconsin game. But I was looking at the stat line for the A&M game, and it looks like they were just like genuinely outplayed. Um, Pretty you, much. Were you able to watch that game? I watched a lot of it, yes. They were genuinely outplayed. I think App State ran almost it was over double their total plays, and they just ran ran all over them. Literally think like, about uh, twice as many yards. Texas A&M's offense is a dinosaur offense. He's <laughs> ran the same offense since he had Jameis Winston and hasn't adapted, and he just keeps – it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I mean, obviously. This is probably the single most embarrassing loss for A&M in my lifetime. I, I can't think of anything worse than this. <laughs> It, it's more embarrassing simply because of the expectations. Like the Oklahoma, the time they lost to Oklahoma in like 2005, 77 to zero was yeah. probably like more embarrassing on paper, but they didn't have expectations back then. That's true. This is worse than us losing to Texas. Oh, for sure. Because Texas, I mean, Texas is bad, but they have talent in a way that App State doesn't. You know what I mean? I will say, now with Notre Dame losing to Marshall 26 to 21, Marcus Freeman is still. Uh, Un, I don't know if under not the opposite of undefeated unwind. <laughs> defeated? He's a defeated. He's he's defeated. Yeah, I feel bad. Just purely guy, defeated. I feel bad. I was thinking about today. Like Notre Dame fans are so nice. They're some of the nicest folks in all of college football, and like, I, I, I they deserve better. I agree with you. I, every interaction I have with like online Notre Dame fans is fine. Like I love Wombles. I like DK. Sounds DK so is like his trash talk is always like so like low key. It is. He's never like in your face about it, so I can appreciate it whenever he gives it. For sure. You know, it's always like this low key banter and not personal. You never get mad at it. Exactly. So I appreciate it. Um, but the thing with Marcus Freeman, it's just weird because they have talent. They have it's like a similar scheme. I just don't know how they just straight up got beat. It just doesn't make sense. I don't think he's already on the hot seat, but well, it is weird. It's, it does not bode well for his future. For sure. I mean, like, I could look past the Oklahoma State loss in the bowl game. I could certainly look past Ohio State because it's Ohio State. But, yeah, man. I mean, Marshall, this should have been a this should have been a really easy just kind of tune-up game for them to kind of, you know, get the rest of the season going. But I don't know. I mean, obviously, we have a lot to look forward to with Notre Dame this year. I, I Again, I don't know if he's on the hot seat, but... Uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking, it's not good. looking good. The thing is, they played well against Ohio State True. last week, so That's it could true. be a case of they played down to their competition, which they've always been That's known true. for. Yeah, We'll see. We'll see how we'll it see. pans out. Okay. And now, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska in what was an amazing game to watch. It was. 45-42. Scott Frost got fired. The thing is, had they simply waited two weeks and fired him on October 1st, Nebraska would have saved seven and a half million dollars in his buyout this makes me so like they had to want him gone like it just makes me so mad because it's like you know it probably came down to some like super rich donor who just like you know just wanted to flex (laughs) his money but like honestly that's seven and a half million dollars dude you could do so much with that you know like that that, maybe (sighs) i think maybe maybe they think it's worth it to be like the first team out out ahead of the coaching carousel it's worth the 7.5 million to be the first team in the coaching carousel the first team that's going to be ready to make the pieces move on the coaching carousel to go ahead and signal to also recruits coming in like hey we're making changes like maybe it might be worth it to them to go ahead and like get the ball rolling and all that yeah and i guess on that note i mean this is the really the first big firing of the season pretty early on week two um yeah you just know the narrative throughout the rest of the year now is going to be Who's the next head coach at Nebraska? And Randy, I'll just ask you, who do you think it's going to be? 
I almost want to say, I hate to say this because I really like him at Iowa State, but I think it might be Matt Campbell. But if I had, if I got, if I, if it was my choice of who I wanted it to be, not who I thought it was going to be, I would say Bill O'Brien. Surely he <laughs> wants another head coaching job, right? <laughs> Any reason why, Randy, you would possibly want B.O.B.? Well, we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, we're going to talk about the Alabama-Texas game. Don't worry. But yeah, no, I, I actually, I totally agree with you with Matt Campbell. I think that probably makes the most sense, especially just because, like, he's from that region geographically. I think he knows how to recruit for, like, the, the Midwest and just kind of play these types of games. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I do hate the idea of Jim Leonard leaving Wisconsin for Nebraska. I keep seeing his name thrown around, uh, Jim Leonard being our defensive coordinator, of course. And if that happens, I will need a week to recover. That would be utterly insanely bad. That would be bad for Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, Wisconsin's had some decent DCs. You had Dave Aranda back in the day. Yeah. Um, Justin Wilcox. It's just, yeah. I just, I just feel like Matt Campbell, he might have hit his ceiling at Iowa State. Yeah. And it's one of those things he could technically raise the ceiling if he stayed put for like a decade and then like got resources to pour in. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know if he wants to do that. Yeah, Nebraska's going to have like all the resources and then some that he'll ever need. You know, he's going to get the a thing lot of recruits. Yeah. He's going to have a much stabler position at Iowa State. The thing is, at Iowa State, he can have a down year and go six and six because of whatever circumstances right. and not have everybody calling for his head. That's sure. just be like, oh, it was a down year. You know, if he keeps mm-hmm. recruiting, he should be fine type thing. Mm-hmm. But in Nebraska, six and six will get you, one season will get you fired. I mean, yeah. I mean, Scott Frost had like such an extended leash, but that was really only because he was like an alumni there. You know, because he was quarterback for the national, and he had that games. stat where he kept losing one yeah, score game. But I, I know what you mean. Like whoever does get hired by Nebraska, I mean they're gonna have a tough job because it's a total rebuild at this point. You know, and like, yeah, Nebraska fans, man, their standards are just unreal. Like they fired Bo Pelini for going nine and four every year, so it's gonna be a tough job to secure. But we'll see. I noticed on your notes you had a bullet point that was, is Bama losing it or is Texas actually good? And let me start with the second part of the bullet point. Okay. Is Texas actually good? I'm going to go ahead and say no because I know we're Bama, but I'm just going to say this. If we played it against a team that committed 16 penalties and had six straight three and outs in the third and fourth quarter and we lost, I would be absolutely furious. Like, we played so atrociously and tried to hand the game away, and they just simply <laughs> couldn't take advantage of it. In a way that's, like, really kind of inexcusable for them. They should have won that game. We played so badly. But the thing is, it bothers me because they're chalking it up as a moral victory, and it's really just not. Well, Randy, I mean, you're Bama, though. Like, I'm telling you, dude, if Wisconsin lost to Bama by one point, I- I'd be throwing a parade, dude. That'd be like the biggest. You also win. don't have. I'm just going to be honest. You don't have Texas as talent level. Texas is like what top five in the talent composite. They are. Yeah. The talent is the only reason they managed to keep it close with how badly we were playing. Hmm. That's fair. And and here's the thing. They're talking it up as a moral victory. Mm-hmm. And like, here's the thing. Here's the fundamental difference between a program like Texas and a well-oiled machine like Bama. Okay. We're treating this as a the opposite of a moral victory, a moral loss, because of how much we obviously need to clean up and what we need to do to take the next step to be a true championship contender. Mm-hmm. It's a long season. While Texas is treating this loss as if it's a win, because, I mean, really moral victories is what they have to cling on to. Not that that's a negative thing. I mean, I get it. They have to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just almost like their arrogance doesn't allow them to accept defeat. And I unironically see Texas fans say things such as like, well, we would have blown out Bama if 
And it's such a stupid thing to say because we have literally, we've been blown out once in the entire Saban era since 2007. And that was versus Clemson in the yeah, championship game. But I feel like you would have just done it as crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, here's the thing. We look just as good on offense in the scripted plays. Like we drove down the field twice and scored a touchdown. Then the actual game and adjustments started coming in. That's when things slowed down. Yeah. I get that they had a backup QB on one leg, but... <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, it, dude. He Grant played fine. He played fine. Here's the thing. He played fine. Let's say this. Let me let me put it to you like this. If Bryce Young went down and we had a backup QB that had good stats, like, let's say... We're, I'm going to give you an extreme example. Okay. Let's say we had a backup QB throw, go 10 for 10 and throw a touchdown. Okay. Could we argue that had Bryce been in the game, we would have done better? I, I guess. I think anyone could. No, you can't because the backup played perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable, fo- uh, serviceable football. You can't just like spot Texas 10 points for that when the backup played fine. I'm not saying 10 points, man. I'm saying one point. I mean, it was a close game. It, it really could have gone either way. And also, I want to point this out. Our defense, as you know, is full of NFL-sized players. Yes, they are. I'm not saying I never cheer for injuries. I think they're awful. Oh my God. But it shouldn't be <laughs> a surprise to people that – Backup quarter or back or quarterbacks in general that play against Alabama get injured at a much higher rate. Like it's part of the game. You know, I, I will actually kind of give you this. I, I was thinking last week actually when Wisconsin played um, Northern Illinois. You know, for, for, like it's the equivalent I think you know for us as when you play most teams, which is like our players line up and they're just so much bigger than like this FCS team. And sure enough, we had like zero injuries that game, and they had like six. I, I think exactly. That's, that's exactly of, the point know? I'm making. <laughs> so that's exactly the point I would like to make. Yeah. It, it's just a, it's just a fact. Like you can't just say, "Well, if this injury didn't exist, then because the injury existed because of our physical size difference." It's not that we're going out there trying to injure players. It's just that yeah. it's bound to accidentally happen. I agree. Well, Randy, I'll just say this: I wish Bama lost, but I am glad that they're at least, <laughs> they're not exposed really, but they looked mortal, which is really all I can kind of ask for. I know you're going to hate me for saying this. You're going to absolutely hate me for saying this. But I almost feel like this is what like fans of normal programs, mortal programs feel when watching, seeing future upcoming games. I'm just being honest. Like As Bama fans, we, we typically... I know it's not good for the players to do, but as fans, we have this habit of like kind of looking ahead to the postseason because we know we have a mulligan loss. We look at every game, not in a vacuum, but as a bigger picture of how did we look? Do we look championship ready? Right. And we don't actually care about if we win or lose an individual game. But now I'm actually like, this season, we have some tough games you coming do. up. Arkansas, A&M's yeah. still going to be a tough game. Tennessee's going to be a tough yeah. game. Our, <laughs> excuse me, the Iron Bowl is what the Iron Bowl is. Yeah. It's gonna be we're gonna have to look at every game one game at a time and like try to squeak out some wins. LSU's still gonna be dangerous. It UL Monroe, is what it I mean, is. they have a winning record over Bama, <laughs> so yeah. But, no, actually we did beat them recently. Okay, We've scheduled them since then. <laughs> but thought you, know, you got me with that one. Almost, almost. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was a wild weekend for sure though, in general. Um yeah, I, I, I don't like the thing is, man, I feel like every year in college football. And, and you can disagree with this if you'd like, but I, I've noticed a pattern where it feels like there's at least one week where there's just like total chaos. Have you noticed this? There's always like one week. There's at least one week. This was, I almost want to say this was the week, but we've had a lot of chaos in general this year. That's true. It's been a really exciting couple of weeks to enter the season. So with all that being said, we're going to move on to our next segment, segment, which is the This Was Their Super Bowl Award. And... 
if it wasn't already obvious, I'm giving that award to Texas, even though they lost. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, to be fair, like, I know they lost, but that's a pretty cool Super Bowl to win, in my opinion. I mean, I, I would accept that. But they didn't win, so. I know, you know. I know, I know. Um, I, I got to hand it to them for, for this week. Um, my This Was Their Super Bowl award is going to my arch rival, the Minnesota Gophers, or as I like to call them, the Goofers. And there's a reason for this, man. Okay? Goofers. The Goofers, okay? I've been seeing so much trash talking coming out of Minnesota. And for those who don't know, they beat Western Illinois. Okay, Western Illinois, an FCS team. The week before, they played New Mexico State, who was literally the worst team in FBS by a fairly significant margin. Okay, I'm not saying Minnesota's bad. In fact, I kind of hate to say this. I think they're kind of good. I think they're a decent team this year. I think they've improved over last year. Um, but the way I'm seeing people talk about Minnesota, like they're this Rose Bowl like lock, as if they're like this this lock for the Big Ten West, and they're pretty much booking their ticket to Indiana for the Big Ten Championship. I, I just don't see it, man. They've, they've literally played the softest schedule in the entirety of the FBS by a massive margin. The worst FBS but team Jimbo, But Jimbo, I thought, I thought you had something to say about how SEC schedules. Ah, uh, Franny, don't, don't do this to me. Okay, you know, I'm sorry. We, we'll save that for another time. Go ahead, go ahead. Time. Now, to be fair, there is plenty of room for them to be exposed, and I think it will happen in due time. Looking at their schedule, they play Colorado this week. They'll win because Colorado sucks. But the week after, they play at Michigan State. Now, Michigan State is also overrated, but... I'm just saying, Minnesota, laugh all you can. You're going to lose eventually, man. It's just a reality. Like, everyone's mortal. It is what it is. Jimbo, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to be a fraudulent number 11 Michigan State team in week four. Uh, They're going to barrel the top 10 until they play somebody who's like a real team. State. Like, just come on. You, you know that's what's going to happen. It's, Here's the thing. I love, I do like all the Minnesota fans that we regularly interact with. I like me too. I like Depp. I like Bro Down. And I like even the new guy. I think his name's like Nathaniel or something. <laughs> I don't remember his exact name, but I'm saying I like all of them, but they have like this, they have the same reckless, hopeful passion that Texas A&M fans have. And I'm kind of here for it. Like it's kind of, it's going to end either like incredibly well, well, it's going to end like either like an eight and four, nine and three season where they beat Wisconsin or it's going to end terribly, but either way, it's going to be entertaining. So just as a, as a sideline watcher, I'm ready. All right. Well, I'm ready for them to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Uh, speaking of losing, are we ready to look ahead to week three's slate of games, Randy? I am ready. Um, I've jotted down a list of games that I'm looking forward to. Um, it's it's a kind of a deceptively quiet week. Um, not a lot of huge ranked matchups like we had this week. But again, with the chaos going on, who knows? Um, to start it off, a game that I think everyone's looking forward to, especially after last week's news. We've got Oklahoma at Nebraska. Uh, early morning, 11 a.m. on Fox. What the heck happens, man? Like, what happens here <laughs> with Oklahoma playing a Scott Frostless Nebraska? Do you think there's any chance in hell that Nebraska could win this one? I mean, no, but I want to <laughs> say yes. Well, last year, lest we forget, I mean, Oklahoma was the huge favorite at home, and they, like, had a really bad win. Like, it was a really close game. Um I, I don't know what to expect, man. Like, whenever teams are, like, fire the coach halfway through the season, it can kind of go one of two ways. It can either, like, light a fire under the players' butts and, like, make them really play well to kind of prove the doubters wrong. Or they can just kind of give up and collapse and just use the coach as an excuse to not try. So I don't know what version of Nebraska we're going to get. I don't know if it necessarily matters against Oklahoma. But regardless, I am all here for this game. I am so looking forward to watching it. 
I'm looking forward to watching it because no matter the result, we're going to be tuned in. That's one thing about the Scott Frost tenure at Nebraska mm-hmm. is that for whatever reason, he was able to draw eyeballs. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know what it was about Nebraska that they were so entertaining to watch in all the worst ways. All these close but games. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And to answer your question, I think it's going to depend on how much the players buy into the interim and how much they like the interim. If the interim was like a player's coach that can really sell to them, like, Mark well, Freeman. we can ruin their season, and they actually are like motivated and everything, then like, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe they can have some decent games. Who knows? Hopefully not against Wisconsin. That's all I care about. <laughs> if you lost to Nebraska, you are never going to hear the end of it. I not know. from me. I'm the world, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on, any games you're looking forward to, Randy? I'm looking forward to BYU at Oregon. Yes. I think BYU recently beat uh, one of your top ten teams. They beat Baylor in a in a fest of bad kicking, which <laughs> makes me very glad we have Will Reichard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that game was very sloppy. But I'll be very interested. BYU is now number 12. I'm not going to give any more spoilers for the later part of the episode, but I think oh. Jemmo knows what I'm about to talk about. Oh, my goodness. I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm still kind of a hater. Like, I am a hater. I am a hater of BYU. Um, and I, I get it. I really hyped up Baylor quite a bit. Like, I literally had them in my playoff bracket as of last week. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think Baylor, BYU is just kind of a very lucky team that consistently punches above its weight. But every now and then, man, like, it's just not enough. I think Oregon's going to win this one. I know Oregon had a pretty bad loss against Georgia, but... The talent gap, dude, I'm telling you. It's at Oregon. Give me the Ducks. All right. Another game I wanted to talk about okay. was Penn State at Auburn. Your favorite. And these are two teams. Yes, these are two teams which we don't really know anything about how their season is going to go. And so I think it's going to say a lot for these team seasons. It's going to really set the tone moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember, Auburn only beat San Jose State 24-16 to last week. Yeah, but I think sloppy. they were... It was sloppy, but I think they were looking ahead. I mean, they took care of Mercer, so like, I'm not going to hold it too much against them, but mm-hmm. who knows what we're going to see from them. So I'm curious, because I'm actually out of the loop here. Who is Auburn's quarterback this year? Because they don't have Bo Nix anymore. Is TJ Finley, and here's, he was the quarterback that played us in the Iron Bowl last year. Really? So he's not bad. He's won the job outright against Calzada, who beat us last year, Calzone. and whoever else. So, I mean, he's legitimately won the job. His his position has always been in question, but he's been able to rise to the top every time and eventually get starts and eventually just he's able he's a good, solid, hardworking player that I don't think gets into any trouble. So okay. he's probably who they need to be quarterback. It should be exciting. To see. Last last year's game at Penn State was really exciting. Penn State did win that one, but only by eight points. So I think this should be a close and exciting game that uh, I won't be able to watch because I'll be watching Wisconsin play New Mexico State. Unfortunately, there you go. <laughs> but I'll keep an eye on it on the scoreboard. One more game I wanted to talk about before I give it back to you is oh. Ole Miss okay. at Georgia Tech. Oh! Ah, so the here's the thing. Here's, hey, Georgia Tech's offense looks okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you keep having Ole Miss in your top ten, but this would be a very good potential upset. It would be, yes. Absolutely. Is at Bobby Dodd. Okay. Keep an eye on it. And I still think Lane Kiffin might have caught lightning in a bottle. So we're just going to see. I mean, granted, he he barely beat Troy. That's and true. then, sure, he beat Central Arkansas, but that's Central Arkansas. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, this will be interesting to see because um, this, this is their first P5 game. It's on the road, of course. Um, Randy, I got I to gotta know, do you plan on going to a Georgia Tech game this year? 
I'm not sure. I mean, we we probably will try to at one point. I know I'm going to have to go to Atlanta for my schooling at some point. So if it's on a weekend where they have a home game, then we'll probably turn it into a little trip. I'm just saying, dude, they played um, at Georgia this year. Never mind. Next year, though, they host Georgia. That could be fun. That could be fun. could be fun. I'm handing it back to me here, uh, a game that I am kind of looking forward to here. Michigan State at Washington. Now, as I kind of alluded to before in this episode and in previous episodes, I am not a big Michigan State fan, specifically Mel Tucker. I think he's an extremely overrated coach, overhyped, and I, I, I see Michigan State as a team that is decent, but, man, they're ranked number 11 in the country right now. You see people throwing them out as, like, a kind of dark horse playoff team. I don't buy any of that. I'm thankful to see that Vegas agrees with me. Washington is currently favored by three and a half points. Really? Think, yeah, it's true, dude. This that surprises is, me. This is, this is at Washington. But don't sleep on Washington, man. Um, they annihilated Portland State. They destroyed Kent State as well. Um, I got a feeling, man. I got a feeling this could be a decent upset uh, in Washington's favor. And hopefully the kind of game that can finally expose Mel Tucker as the fraud that he is. All right. I think Washington, it would be interesting to see them as, rise up as a dark horse for the pack. For sure. As we all know, Washington-based teams do pretty well oh against uh, Big Ten teams. I know, anyway. Did I tell you? I think I sent you Snapchat of this. I saw uh, at the game last week. I saw some dude in front of me wearing a Washington jersey. He just oh, that's hilarious! The bright purple Washington jersey on, and like every time <laughs> anything happened for us, he was like, "Yeah!" He was like cheering so loud. I felt bad for the guy, <laughs> but it was fun to see. <laughs> the that's fun. That's what makes college football great, right? It is. It is. All right, you got another one? Um, yeah, I got a two. I got a few more here. Um, a game that no one's talking about. I don't know why they should be talking about this. Miami at Texas A and M. All right, listen. I had no idea this game was even dude, scheduled. I know, I know. Eight o'clock at night, dude. Dude, I'm gonna be watching this one with with popcorn in hand. This will be fantastic. Listen, we all know that Texas A and M had a huge blunder last week, loss of the year so far. Um, <laughs> they have a chance to redeem themselves though against Miami. And they also have a chance for their season to go completely off the rails and this, be over before it even started. It like, this is kind of it. Like, they need to win this game their entire season. Perhaps the fate of Jimbo Fisher is kind of on the line right here. Is that a stretch? I mean, I, I think this uh, is kind of it, dude. I think, I'm not going to say the entire fate, but I'm saying it could, I will say it could be the beginning of the end. Okay. It's going to take him more than just this season to fire him unless he goes like 2 and 10 or something. Sure. But, I mean, this kind of will decide the season, though. I, I do think that's true. If they win this game, it might get them back on pace. Um, after all, it was an out-of-conference loss to App State, so, like, they're still in the running for the SEC. And, obviously, this is out-of-conference as well, but, like, you got to win this, man. Like, you got to recover the following week, at home especially. Should be fun. Very true. Very and speaking true. of recovering, oh. Ooh. I think we're about to say the same game. <laughs> all right, you say is it, it. Does it start with a – is it one of the U's? Wait. The UTSA. No, it's not. You go first. Oh, okay. So I'll go ahead and quickly go over U UTSA at Texas. I'm only interested in this for the simple reason that it would be very what how funny would it be if Texas just straight up lost to a decent UTSA team? Dude. They're only if they're like if they're exasperated after the Bama game, yeah. you know. Yeah, injured new quarterback. They're only favored injured by new 11. quarterback. Only favored by eleven. So I don't know, dude. That would be like insane. I don't think it's going to happen, but people forget UTSA went twelve and one last year. True, they were really good. Um, they were really good. They they are very good. They've been decent for a while. Man, 
the game that I was going to preview about coming back is a game that I'm actually kind of nervous um, on behalf of for the fans. Cal at Notre Dame. Here's the thing, dude. Cal, I, I, I'm kind of afraid Notre Dame might be 0-3. Because Cal isn't, like, terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. They're currently 2-0. And, again, I know it's early in the season. They haven't really played anyone. But uh, when you're playing a P5 team, anything can happen at the end of the day. And I, this, like, this actually is a must-win for Marcus Freeman. Is that fair to say? Like, they need to win this. They need to they win They need this. to at least look competent. I know they're missing their, their quarterback, Tyler Buckner, is out for the season. But they need to look competent. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I, and if they win, I'll be happy for him, man. I, I, I want Marcus Freeman to succeed. I really do. He seems like a nice guy. I, I, I don't like making fun of Notre Dame. Uh, for, for reasons we said before, they have a great fan base. They're really not all that arrogant, you know. Like, they deserve to at least have some sort of happiness this season. So, you know, I'm rooting for the Irish on this one. Very wholesome, Jimbo. Very wholesome. I say? <laughs> a game I wanted to bring up was Fresno State at USC. Okay. This game, USC has had a couple of decent games against subpar competition already. Oh, They're man. number seven in the AP poll. And this is probably going to be the first game. It's at 9.30, so it's going to be the first game of Holy USC cow. that people actually watch <laughs> because yeah. it's a team they could lose to. It's, it's a good – it's not a real test, but it is a test. If you remember, Fresno State went 10-3 and last year, and they had a win over UCLA. Very close game against Oregon. They beat San Diego State, who was ranked in, I think, like 11-1 and or something. Yeah. So they're a very decent group of five teams. Fresno State also always plays very tough – physical, good football. Their offensive line is very good mm -hmm. against a USC defensive line, which is not very, very good and a very suspect USC well, defense. Yeah, I, I see this as a pretty good appetizer for USC, if that makes any sense. Like, uh, maybe a good... If they lose move. this game, I'm going to laugh so hard, though. Oh, for sure. Dude, like, the second USC loses a game, like, the post-game Reddit thread is going to be legendary. <laughs> like, that's just a fact. Every game Oklahoma fans are Oklahoma fans are going to be frothing at the, thumbing at oh the mouth God. just waiting for it to happen. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> All right, uh, one final game I wanted to quick talk about is kind of, in my opinion, the feel-good story of the year. Kansas... At Houston. Now, we were just talking about Houston's woes. Um, and I get that this is on the road, but um, do you think Kansas has a chance to start 3-0, and Randy? Is this in the cards? They have a chance. Their offense looks good. Their defense needs some work. But, they do. yeah, they certainly have a chance. Houston just lost his Texas Tech, which, I mean, Texas Tech is decent, but it means Houston is very beatable and Kansas is showing improvement. Especially in offense, dude. I mean, good lord, they put up 56 points against Tennessee Tech and then 55 against West Virginia. Like, I, I get it, these are bad teams, but at the end of the day, man, like, it's just, it's wild. It's it's really cool to see Kansas be, like, at least a little bit not terrible. Like, I'm not saying they're it good, is nice. but it, it's it's pretty cool to see. They could, they could actually, we're actually talking about Kansas talking being in a bowl Kansas, game. Dude. If they make a bowl game, that'll be awesome. Like, that would actually be Please cool. beat Texas. Dude. <laughs> That would be awesome, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, any more games to talk about, Randy? For uh, that's all I have. All we got, yeah. I mean, this that's looks kind of low key, like another exciting week. I mean, we got some pretty solid auto conference matchups coming up, so definitely looking forward to that. I one. did a top ten this week. If you're ready for that, you did. 
Randall. I did. I guess I'm ready. I came prepared. To be fair, I don't think my top ten is going to be that as wild as yours. Some of yours have been, (laughs) but you'll you'll see some surprising teams up there. Sure. So I think I feel like we should just go ahead and start off and just do one, two, three, kind of quickly because I feel like it's not going to be that. I actually it will be. It might be, but you can go ahead and give yours. That's fine. I'll go ahead and give one, two, three. One is Georgia. Two, Ohio State. Three, Bama. Wow, Bama three, crazy. Yeah. Um, I actually have a hot take here for this, which I'm excited to share now, because I do have uh, Georgia at one, and I also have Alabama at three, as many people do. But at number two, do you want to take a guess what we got? Well, obviously, it's not Ohio State. Is it Michigan? It is Michigan. Listen, dude, right. people are sleeping on Michigan. Um, and again, I know they play nobodies, but, dude, they've, like, annihilated, just eviscerated the two opponents they played so far this year. Colorado State, they won 51-7. to uh, against Hawaii, they won 56 to 10. They have an extremely good offense, and I know these are bad teams, uh, but they have an extremely good offense, and that's been their Achilles heel uh, over the years. Listen, dude. Michigan. I don't think you're. I think you're underestimating how bad both of these teams are. These teams have taken massive step back, steps backward. Well, we're not going to have an idea if Michigan's actually good or not then, because they're playing UConn this week. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, this is actually legitimately awful. Um, awful schedule. Like these are probably the three worst FBS teams you could schedule. I'm not even exaggerating at all. It's up there with Minnesota, I guess. But at least, again, dude, they're they're <laughs> eviscerating them. They're they're eviscerating them. I like Michigan. I'm telling you, man, these Big Ten teams just love scheduling horrible, <laughs> the worst teams in the FBS. Anyway, I'm not gonna go further. To be fair, Colorado State lost to Middle Tennessee State, 34 to 19. Hawaii got blown out by 40 points to Bandy. That's true. That's true. I mean, I'm just saying it doesn't. I don't even think it tells us anything hey, about Michigan. We'll, we'll find out soon enough, my friend. We'll find out soon. We'll enough. find out soon enough. <laughs> at number four, at number four, I have Clemson with an asterisk. Wow. And my asterisk is Clemson with Cade Klubnik. Okay, that's really specific. Go on. That that was pretty much it. If they, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time before DJU gets benched. It's just like I, agree. I feel like he's always going to play. He actually does look improved. I'll give him credit. He actually looks somewhat improved, but not improved enough to keep the job. I mean, it's almost like he's in this weird position where he's going to play just not horrible enough to warrant getting benched, right. even though the backup is obviously better and the offense looks better with them. Sure. So they're going to have to actually be in trouble where they need a spark, and that's when Dabo gets desperate. And he's going he's gonna to word it as, well, we needed a spark, and we had the guy on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally Just to be that. nice. Yeah. So, for me, at number four, I have, surprise, surprise, Ohio State. Uh, I don't know, man. In hindsight, that Ohio- that Notre Dame victory, 21-10, to kind of sus. I mean, they probably should have won by a lot more. They were favored by 17, and, again, in hindsight, for a reason. So, I, I don't know. Obviously, they're an insanely good team, and I can't talk too much crap because we do play them in a couple of weeks. But, I don't know. I like Michigan over Ohio State right now. By a hair. Fair enough. Well, at number five, I have Michigan. Oh, hey, how about that? I still look. They were a CFP team last year, and they were they're legitimately tough. Even if they have an ex- probably the softest non-con schedule out of anybody, to be honest. <laughs> um, but still, they're they're a tough physical team. They get plenty of tune-up games to work out the kinks, unlike some teams. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I just I feel like it's a good place to put them. All right. Uh, number six. No, no, you're, oh. you're skipping me, Randall. You're skipping me. I'm skipping. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're number five. <laughs> I'll forgive you this time. Uh, at number five, I have the Oklahoma Sooners, um, which I didn't expect. I really thought they were going to be fraudulent or like take a step back in year one. And I guess there is still time for that. But 
they looked good. I don't know. They had a really slow start against Kent State, but then they dropped, like, what, like, 28 points in, like, the third quarter or something like that? No, 24 points in the third quarter. So that tells me that, that they can get their offense humming if need be. And once Brad Venables kind of gets this figured out, I think it's going to be same old Oklahoma as usual. A playoff team, not, like, an incredible juggernaut, but, like, a really, really solid program. Exactly. And, Brett, like, like we've talked about before, Venables has been in a very high-quality, legitimate Power 5 program as a coordinator for so long. He knows how things are done at the Power 5 level. He knows exactly what he needs to do. He knows the right things to say. He knows how to get recruits. He knows how to get everything on his side. I think he's going to be legit. I think he'll be fine. For sure. All right. All right. Now to number six, Randy. <laughs> I, was, I was so ready to give it, and you're about to hear why. Number six, I have Oklahoma State. Oh, my God. I wasn't ready for that. I, I think they're a very legitimate team. They were, if you remember, they were probably maybe one fourth down play, fourth and goal from the yeah. one play away from going to the college football yes. playoff over Georgia. That was very possible. And this team looks every bit the part. They look very good. They're going to have nine straight Big 12 games um, because they do the conference thing where they play their three out-of-conference games first and then nine straight conference games. So it's going to be a tough, tough slate, right? Yeah. But they're a tough team. They have high talent level. They have a senior quarterback, Spencer Sanders. Yes, they do. Looks good. They're too. basically ready to run it back. I think they'll be fine. Should be interesting to see. Um, at number six, I'm kind of keeping it in the same Oklahoma Oklahoma State sphere when I put USC, the Trojans, <laughs> and the Bozo West. Again, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But, man, I, I, I just don't know who's going to challenge them in the Pac-12. The more I think about it, with Oregon losing, man, I, I just I don't see it. I think they're running away with it this year, and uh, I, I hate that they're good. I, I hate that they're good, but they're pretty good. Plus, if you remember Utah, kind of Utah's a typical 8-4, and 9-3 and three team. People were extremely high on them, and I mentioned this in one of the first episodes. Mm-hmm. People were high on them because they wanted them wanted to see them succeed I mean, more so too, than... Right? But it's, it is what it it is more bad. wishful thinking than anything, and I get it because Utah's the little engine that could, yeah. but I digress. What can you do? Uh, I guess seven. what you're saying is they're they're that number they're number six more not because it's like an official power rankings but more that's probably where they are yeah, going to end up exactly. because of the schedule they play. Exactly, exactly. I got you. I got you. All right, number seven, yes. keeping it in the same Oklahoma Oklahoma State sphere. <laughs> I have Oklahoma. Okay. For pretty much the same exact reasons you mentioned, I don't really have much to add to that. Yeah, they look good. It is what it is. It's Oklahoma. We we know what Oklahoma is. <laughs> yeah. Know. Um, despite, that, despite, I'm sorry, I just wanted to say, I still think it's very interesting that despite them having a brand new coach, we still just kind of know what they are. Yeah, I think that, like I said, that Power 5 coordinator to Power 5 head coach job, that's, stability. It's a sign of a well-run program in my mind to be able to exactly. transition. Um, a bit of a surprise and a team that we might still not quite know everything about, but I'm kind of hype on. At number seven, I have Arkansas. Um, if you recall, they had that big win Ooh. against Cincinnati in week one. They looked really good in offense against South Carolina, dropping 44 points. Uh, they're going to have a really tough test ahead of them coming up. They, they face Texas A&M and Alabama back-to-back. But I, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, I like this team. I like the kind of swagger they have, the confidence they have. They seem like a really physical and tough team, which I always like. So I don't know. I, I think they're a really solid SEC team. We know they have talent. We know they have potential. Let's see if they can live up to it. It's funny you mentioned Arkansas because I have at number eight the Arkansas Razorbacks. Hey, that was my number eight. They actually looked legitimately very good on offense versus South Carolina. They played a very good Cincinnati team and just they dominated. Well, not dominated, but they were up the whole game, right? Right. 
And they have actually a very underrated aspect of them is their special teams. I believe they had a blocked punt for a touchdown versus Cincinnati. And those kinds of players are what you're going to need. Hmm. I like that. Um, My number eight is actually kind of shocking, but I got to give credit where credit is due here. I'm going with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And here's why. If you recall, my lock of the week last, last week was that I said that Vanderbilt would beat Wake Forest. And that's not to spite Wake Forest, because I think they're good. It's because I think Vanderbilt is actually really good. And I think we're going to look back on this win over Vanderbilt in, in a really solid way at the end of the season. Uh, Wake Forest just, like, dominated Vanderbilt at home. And uh, looking at the ACC, dude, I still don't buy Clemson. I, I don't think they're legit at all in any way. I just, I don't think, oh, any, come on. I really don't. I don't think any ACC team, like Pitt's down this year. I don't think North Carolina's down. I don't think any team seriously challenges Wake Forest. North Carolina is undefeated. They're down, dude. They're down. They're down. Okay. Okay. Um, down dirty, too. So they beat App State. Come on. <laughs> I guess that's more than Texas A&M can say. But I, hey, we'll find out North Carolina versus uh, Notre Dame coming up in a couple weeks. That should be a good one. But in, in my mind, I, I like Wake the most out of any ACC school. So I, I, I have to give an ACC school the top ten. It is what it is, Randy. It is what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue too much. I'm going to give my number nine, oh. the oh. Kentucky Wildcats. They put the beat down in Florida and held them to zero points in the second half. And they also play a relatively easy schedule, Mm -hmm. um, all things considered. They play Northern Illinois, Youngtown State. They're going to play Louisville. They're going to have a game against Vanderbilt. They're going to have a game against a very beatable South Carolina. Mm -hmm. They're going to play Ole Miss, who I think is a little bit overrated this year. Um, Their toughest test is going to be Georgia. I really feel like their schedule is going to play out very favorably, especially considering they get Georgia at home. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll keep I'll this in the well, SEC for my number nine. With a team that is low down. And oh, really, gosh. But I got to give them respect. They beat a very suspect pit team. Come on. <laughs> they did, but. <laughs> they almost lost to West Virginia, who just lost to Kansas, who might actually be good. So who knows what that says at this point. I don't know what to Go think, ahead. But Go ahead. Say their name. It's Tennessee. The Tennessee Volunteers. Um, listen, dude. I The SEC looks stacked this year. And again, I hate to say it, but. I like them. I like what they're doing, especially in offense. It seems like they can score a lot of points here, which they need going down the stretch here. And again, looking at schedules here, I don't know, man. It seems like they have a pretty tough road ahead. But for now, for now, I like them in the top ten. I'm going to buy the hype as long as I can with Tennessee. Fair enough. I'm, I will be honest. I am very scared to go play um, at Tennessee later this season. Tennessee, I really dude. don't want this to yeah. be the year. I really don't want it to be the year. Come dude, on, please. Dude, if no, I can't imagine. If they're undefeated heading into that game, like that would be a top 10 matchup. And if Tennessee won, they might jump, jump to number one. Could you even imagine that, dude? Like, could you? <laughs> I can't. No, I can't imagine that. Let's move on to number 10. Number right, 10. Number all right, 10. All right. So at number 10, I have the BYU Cougars, who just beat number nine Baylor, and I, who I think is a very legitimate Baylor team with good good talent across the board mm-hmm. um but i have them at number 10 because they have a very easy i'm not going to say very easy schedule but they have a very interesting schedule that lends itself well to to being i think they're still technically group of five they're like half group of five yeah. half power five with their independent status before they go to the big 12 yeah. but i'm just saying they have a very manageable sc- schedule and with some quality wins still mixed in there mm-hmm. that'll be respected wins such as they play a very beatable Oregon next mm-hmm. week 
They're also going to play at Notre Dame, who is beatable. They're going to play at Liberty, who actually does get a fair amount of respect as like a win because they're, I mean, let's face it, they are, they get wins. They get wins. They're going to play East Carolina, which is going to be considered an okay win. Yeah. They're going to play at Boise State, which is considered Another a good, good win. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to play at Stanford, which is considered an okay win. And here's the thing about here's the thing about all these teams that they're playing is that these teams are like slightly down, but still respectable wins in the mind of like the average voter, right? That (laughs) doesn't super analyze football. That's what I'm getting at. And so they're like very clout wins, despite the wins themselves not really being that great based on the actual quality of team, but based on the quality of the name of the win, it's going to be very respectable and. On October 15th, we're going to see a very interesting matchup where they host Arkansas. Oh, that'll be a good one. That should actually And I think whoever game. wins that game very much, very well, could pretty much stay in the top 10. They might have a loss by that point. Who knows? But if they don't, they're going to catapult probably to the top five. That'll be one to look for, for sure. I could see game day going with that. That could be good. Um, at my number 10, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, man. Because I'll be honest, like heading into this episode, I was going to actually put BYU at 10, but... I think I had a change of heart about halfway through, and I realized that I can't do that. I gotta give credit where it's due. At number ten, I gotta hook them horns, dude. I'm putting uh, Texas. No, I'm ironically putting Texas. There's no way. And here's why. I've thought about it, dude. You kept saying, "Well, Alabama played sloppy. Alabama did this and that, dude." Texas. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Kansas. I don't care if it's the Goofers. Okay. If you only lose to Bama by one point, you have to be a top ten team for at least one week because you're playing at an elite. You're inherently playing at an elite level. You're inherently that, playing we're not playing. They weren't level. playing at an elite level. They were playing at an okay level Play against an elite team that was playing at an okay level. All things considered, you have to remember they were given eight first downs off penalties alone. Eight automatic first downs on penalties alone. Like, it's not like they were really moving the ball. They got stuffed in field goal range every single time. Even when they had their original quarterback, Ewers, he got stuffed in field goal range, they too. They have an elite defense. An elite defense to hold Bama to just 20. I'm just saying, dude, looking at their schedule, we keep talking about schedules. Who's gonna I'm going to blame that more on Bill O'Brien. I'm just not buying them? Texas at all. If they can get past Oklahoma this year, which historically they've struggled, but if they can do it, dude, they're instantly back in the playoff conversation. I mean it, dude. Hook them horns. Texas is legit. Their schedule is going to be – I don't think their schedule is favorable at all because, I mean, they're going to have to play at Texas Tech. They're going to have to play at Oklahoma. Texas well, it's Tech. at Oklahoma. It's, it's in the at the Texas State Fair yeah. or whatever. Uh, Iowa State's going to be a tough game. No, it won't. At Oklahoma State's going to be a tough Overrated. game. At Kansas State's going to be a tough Lock game. Deuce Vaughn is very good. At Kansas. They have to play <laughs> at Kansas, and they have to play Baylor. This is, think, these are all very losable just games. Just think when they win all these huge games – just how good the, their schedule is going to look, dude. If their only loss is a one-point loss to Bama at the end of the year, they're a playoff team. You have to that's, that. I mean, yeah, but that's not going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. Until then, hook them horns. <sighs> i just let you have it. Just, yeah. <laughs> let me have this I won't trash talk. <laughs> I'm not going to bring it up whenever you're wrong. I'm just going to let them play it into obscurity. <laughs> that's fair. I have been wrong already quite a bit on my top ten, but I like the that's hot okay. takes. That's okay. So now I'm glad I didn't give one until now. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the right call. Woo. So, yeah, um, this has been the episode. Looking forward to this another slate of games. Should be fun. Hopefully we have a week three full of chaos and excitement. That doesn't affect my own team or Randy's team. But regardless, hopefully a fun weekend for all fans of college football. Until then, this has been the Jim Podcast. And as always, roll tide. On Wisconsin. Wisconsin.